Mark 4, verse 35 through 31, it says, On the same day when the evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. And now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. That's a whole other message right there. As he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. How many of you are so tired that you fell asleep? (laughs) Right? And they awoke him, and they said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? So then he arose and he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, peace. I want you to catch that word today. Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Today I want to share a message that I've titled with you uh, for you. Adjust your focus. Finding true peace. There was a classroom and there was this teacher and he gave this uh, assignment to the to the kids. And he said, what I want you to do is I want you to get a picture and I want you to turn it in. And that picture has to represent peace. The word peace. So the kids got right at it. You know, they're excited looking all over and, and putting these pictures together because they wanted theirs to be picked. And when it came down to it, the teacher had two left. And he had these two pictures. And so the kids were all excited sitting around trying to figure out what pictures were picked. So he brings up the first one. He goes, here's the first one. And he looks at it, and it's a beach. Beautiful blue sky. You know, the beach is just real calm, and there's someone sitting on this sandy beach, you know, chilling out with a Diet Mountain Dew. I added that. but. And he's like, how many of you believe that this is the one I picked? And almost every single hand went up except for one, right? Because there's another picture, so you're, you know who that was. And he said, I can see where it is. Look at this beach. I mean, how many of you know that would like to be in that picture right now? Sitting on that beach in the peace. And they all lifted their hands up and said, that's, that's peace. He goes, but this is the one that I picked. And he turned the picture around. And he said, I want you to tell me if you see peace. And as they looked at this picture, it was a picture of a rainstorm. And it was this rain just crashing down with gray skies with a lightning bolt in the background. With this, you could see the hard rain just pouring. And it, was, and it was a beach, but the waves were crashing across the beach. And the whole picture itself was this grayish-looking picture. And the kids looked at this picture, and they were confused. They didn't understand. They're like, how, how is this? Why would he pick this picture? I don't understand. Why is this peace? And he said, how many of you see peace? And none of them raised their hand except for one. He said, can, can anybody tell me what they do see? And everybody looks at the picture and they say, well, I see anger. I see chaos. I see hate. And they just kept going on and on. He's like, all right, what I want you to do right now is I want you to ch- do something for me. I want you to change your focus from looking at the picture and zoom in right about here. And so they changed their focus a little bit and they kind of got up to the picture and they looked in a little bit and they said, now do you see it? And they saw it and they said, well, there was this eagle in, the, in this black tree soaking wet, just poured down. And he said, see? They're like, we, 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 we don't get it. We don't see. I mean, now you went from a rainstorm and crashing waves to, to an eagle who's just drenched in rain and looks miserable. How is that peace? All right, I want you to do me one more thing. He said, see this? Now I want you to 
Adjust your focus just a little bit more and get into right here underneath the eagle. And as the kids got right up there and they looked, they stepped back and you couldn't hear a pin drop. And they were just in awe. You see, underneath the drenched mama eagle was a nest with the baby birds sleeping, being protected under the mom's wings. He said, that is peace because you only find peace in the middle of a storm. And I believe today that what I want to share with you today is just like the story of this painting and just like the story that we just talked about with the disciples, that what we focus on can change everything in our lives. If we're going to find true peace in our life, we may need to adjust our focus because here's the statement I want you to understand is what we focus on becomes the picture that we base our life on. How many of you have a bunch of pictures in your photo albums and you see it and when people see it, you're like, oh, that's a great picture of my family or that's a great picture of the situation. But that's not the full story. But yet that's the first thing people see and that's what we base our life. So what we focus on, it does become how we live our life. So my question for you today, and you don't have to raise your hand, but would how many of you would say that maybe you're in a storm today or maybe you're searching for peace in certain areas of your life today, or maybe there's there's something that you framed your life in, and it's just not working. But that's how you live your life. What if I told you that just like the disciples had Jesus in their boat, and those baby birds had the wings of their mother over them, you can have peace if you just adjust the focus off the circumstances and put your focus on the one that even the wind and the sea obey. You can go today... From victim to victorious. You can go from fear to faith. In Hebrews 12, 2, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, for who, what? For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. Teenagers, what does it mean that he sat down? Because what did he do? Do you remember? You're hurting me here. I was looking for a big raise and now it's gone. No, I'm just kidding. We shared this message on Wednesday. It was a different message, but we shared the scripture. And I said, he sat down. What happens? Why do you sit down? Because you're finished. You're finished. Write that down. It might be worth 100 points. Because he finished. So we look unto Jesus. So I believe by the end of this message, if you take in these truths and examine what you're focusing on today, you will be able to see your life become a whole lot clearer. And experience peace. Even in the storm of your life. Because here's the thing. What you focus on determines how you function. What you focus on determines your feelings, fear or confidence. What you focus on determines your future. How many of you have experienced that in your life? The more you focus on something, the more you're drawn to that and you become that. So today I want to share four areas that that when I adjusted my focus, 
it completely changed my life. And I live in greater peace. Am I saying I'm perfect and that every day is peaceful every single day? I'm just, yay! Woo! No, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying as I begin to adjust my focus and I take my focus in a whole different direction, right? And I begin to look unto the author and the perfecter of my faith. It changed me tremendously, and I believe today it will too with you. So I'm going to give you four truths or four things of adjusting your faith today. The first thing is adjusting from finding to becoming. Everybody say finding to becoming. You see, we can get caught up on focusing on trying to find, find the perfect whatever. We could spend our whole life trying to find the perfect spouse. Some of you might say, well, I found her or I found him. We might, teenagers, you might be trying to find the perfect boyfriend or the perfect girlfriend. Or we might spend our whole life trying to find what? The perfect friend. I want the perfect friend, man, the perfect, he's gonna, uh, he or she's going to be loyal. I'm going to be able to tell secrets. They're not going to run off. You know, they're there when I need them. Like when I'm moving, they pull up. Even if they don't have a truck, they find one, right? We, we have all these uh, images. We take these pictures, right? And, and to find it, what do we do? Well, we got to have an image in our mind. So that's the perfect spouse. That's the perfect friend. And I'm going to take that picture, and that's what I'm going to spend my whole life trying to find of the picture that I've taken. What I'm focusing on. Or finding what? The perfect job. I gotta find the perfect job, right? How many of you have done that in your life? Or you know somebody, you spend, you know what, one day I'm gonna work for the perfect job. I'm gonna find that perfect job and I'm gonna be there. And this is what it looks like. Let me show you. Or, sadly, one of these days I'm gonna find the perfect church. You know what? We're gonna keep going until we find that perfect church. Can I, can I encourage you today to adjust your focus from finding to becoming? Because uh, what if you find the perfect whatever and you're not perfect and you ruin it? Right? You become the type of spouse that you're looking for. In fact, some of you are here right today. Hopefully you're not. But you're going, this message is for you. <laughs> Guess what? You're finding. You're trying to make that person something that you want instead of you becoming. Yeah. Did you know we're attracted to who we are? Yeah. I'll just leave that nugget right there. <laughs> That's free. Become the type of spouse or boy, teenagers. If you're looking for a girlfriend or boyfriend to date, first wait till you're about 25. They know that. I'm kind of like the, that spirit father in their life. I tell them every Wednesday night, you can date, but you got to wait till you're 25 years old. But don't try to find the perfect picture. Don't, don't let the media and the world try to conform this picture of what the perfect husband or wife or, or whatever it is. And so you're trying to search for this perfect, perfect, perfect. Like I said, what happens if you find the perfect uh, uh, girlfriend or boyfriend or spouse, but you haven't changed your life? Now you've ruined them. Because they're trying to find somebody who's perfect. And now you ruin each other. In fact, listen, we have such a high divorce rate in America because people are trying it before they buy it. I'll try this marriage until I 
you know, and if it's not, it doesn't work out, then I'll just try to find the perfect one. But I'll do this for now. And if it doesn't work out, we'll try the next one. How about you become what you want your marriage to be? I fight that all the time. I can't expect Lindy to be something that she's not, or I can't expect Lindy to fulfill something in me that only God can fulfill. So I've got to become what she needs in a husband and quit making, trying to make her become something I want and to find. Amen. Come on. I'm telling on myself too, but I can't get this picture of what it should be and expect everything to turn out that way. Um, I'm going to adjust the focus, right? We adjust the focus on Jesus. What about becoming the type of friend you want? Listen, become the type of friend you want. Don't try to find the perfect friend. They might mess up, but you become the friend. If you want to be friend, a good friend, be friendly. You know what? You want to sit, you know, sometimes we, we can sit down and say, no one came up to me and shook my hand. Did you shake anybody's hand? I didn't find, you know, I, I thought I'd find some great people. But, you know, wherever I went, they didn't say hi to me. Did you go over across the line as you're getting your oranges and stuff at the grocery store and say, hey, I just wanted to say hi. Don't find, become. Become a great employee. Are you on time? Work without being told what to do all the time. Get along with other employees. Stay on task. You want to find the perfect job, but if you get there, you're fired. Because it's a perfect job and you're not perfect. I got encouragement for you. Just your focus to finding the perfect job, to making that job a great place because you're there and let them see Jesus in you. Because there's people that are hurting and you can't just look at your job as I go to work. No, I get to go and bring Jesus with me to work. I'm not finding the perfect job. I get to go and I get to live out my faith at my job. And the last one is this, is this is hard, but there is no perfect church. And if you and I show up thinking we're perfect, it's no longer a perfect church anymore because we're not perfect. None of us are perfect. Instead, adjust your focus. How about get rooted where you are and make that place great? By serving and investing. I don't care if you're five or 105. God has something for you to serve people with. There is never an excuse that you can't serve the body of Christ. You can give something. He's got something for you because that's, that's the God we serve. He wouldn't ask you to do something unless he gave you the ability to do it. It may be different as we get older or change different things, but we have something to serve and to give. So instead of complaining about your church or complaining, you know, and I'm not, I, nobody here does that. But instead of, you know, make the place you're at. And that goes for everything. Make the place you're at better. Amen? Because we serve a perfect God reaching broken people. And they need to know. Instead of trying to find, we become. So 2 Corinthians 13, 11, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, I close my letter with these last words. Be joyful. Grow to maturity. One, one translation says, aim for perfection. Really what that means is, grow to maturity encourage each other live in harmony we're looking for true peace right so live in harmony and peace then the god of love and peace will be with you when we take pictures of our lives we can't forget to make sure that jesus is in the middle of everything we do so finding and becoming so the next thing i want you to look at and adjust our focus is this our failures and hurts or 
His forgiveness and healing. How do we live our lives? Because when we take a picture of us, what we focus on. Are we focusing on our failures and hurts? Because we get so focused on our failures and hurts that we can't move forward. That's the picture that we've taken of our lives. Well, my past failures, my past hurts, that must be who I am. And so every decision we make comes from that inner uh, torment of, I'm a failure. I'm, I'm broken. I'm hurt. And so we hurt people. And, and, we, and, and we can't move forward to what God has for us because we see ourselves as a failure. We're, rob, we're robbing the peace of ourselves and even those around us. We allow blame, shame, anger of the past to determine our future. We feel we failed as a parent, and so we overcompensate because of guilt. Because we're living through that shame and that pain of, I failed, and so I've got to do something to, to make up for this failure of being a parent. And so we live our lives by that. And really, our kids suffer from that because we're overcompensating, trying to make things work, da 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 or we did something in the past that God couldn't love us for. God, that I could never be forgiven. Or, so, or if people knew what I did, they would never love me and forgive me. And we live out our lives. So everything we do is from that picture. I did that. You know, there was a time in my relationship with my father that we didn't get along. It was not a good situation. Now, God's bring grace and, 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 and mercy. And I think my dad's watching today and he understands this. And, and, and because of God's grace and mercy brought healing in a relationship. But when we were younger, me and my dad were, did not get along. And so I would make statements like this. I would say, you know what? I'm not going to become like my dad. I'm not going to, or, or other people. I'd say, you know, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be like, and I get so focused on not being that, that I became, started to become that. Do you understand what you focus on is what you become? Even if you're using the words, I'm not going to become, you're focusing on that. How about we say, I want to become like my heavenly father. I want to become like Christ. Because you're focused on that. When we adjust our focus onto Jesus and change the image that we have in our minds and our hearts, we go from victim To victorious, we go from failure to forgiven. We go from hurting to healed. When we take this picture of our hurts and our failures and we stare at it, we focus on it, and we say, I'm just a mess. You know what? God had plans. This was me. God had plans for me, but I've messed up so much. There's no way he can use me in the ministry again. When I was a teenager, I, I, you know, I, I was so messed up in drugs and alcohol and made a mess in my life because I wasn't living for Christ. And I could have stayed focused on that picture and said, you know what, I blew it. That's it. I know God, I knew when I was younger, I've been prophesied over. I know God was going to use me in the ministry, but guess what? I blew it. That's the way it is now. I'm done. But when you adjust your focus and take it off our hurts and failures and you begin to put it on the one, the author, you know, uh, and the the perfecter of my faith, Jesus Christ, when I begin to adjust it to his healing and his forgiveness, it radically changed my life. I no longer look at myself as, as broken and miserable. I changed my focus from broken and helpless to growing, forgiven, and healed. Come on, somebody. 
If you're here today and you feel broken and you can't move forward, I'm here to tell you. Adjust your focus to the one who brings healing, to the one who brings forgiveness. Parents, you're not a failure. You're just learning. You're just growing. Are there some things you might have to say you're sorry for? Yes, but don't pull it in and say, well, I can't say I'm sorry because, you know, say you're sorry. It goes a long way. Give them a hug. Kids, they're trying. They're trying. They've never had you before. We got to, we got to learn to, we can't take this pic, perfect picture of what a family looks like and say, well, we all have to look like this family. We're all going to fail. I fail my kids and my wife all the time because I'm human. That doesn't mean that I have an out and say, well, that's my excuse. No. I just the focus when I do that and say, I'm sorry. I'm not being Jesus to you today. I'm being this, I'm being a knucklehead. And I'm sorry. Help me, to, please forgive me. That's what helped me and my dad. We had to come, as hard as it was, we had to come together. And we had to say, I'm sorry for what I've done to you, dad. And my dad said, no, I'm sorry for what I, And we had to heal this relationship. Because we got off the hurts and the failures. And we adjusted to the healing. And the forgiveness. Amen. In John 8, 4 through 12. It says. Teacher. They came to him. Brought this woman of adulteress. Caught in the act of adultery. He says. Teacher. They said to Jesus. This woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They're trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again. He said. All right. But let one who has never sinned. Throw the first stone. Then he stooped down and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the, come on, say it with me, middle of the crowd. Man, when Jesus walks in and gets in the middle of your stuff, (laughs) he's in the middle of the boat sleeping. And now he's in the middle of this whole situation. It says, He was in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and he said to this woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, let me change the focus because here's what I want you to understand. You're not this adulterous woman that's going to live your life out broken as this adulterer. You did as a failure and you can never change your life. No, I'm going to let's adjust the focus. And he said, now what? Neither do I go sin no more. You are not a sinner. You're redeemed today. Someone needs to hear that. You're not a failure. You're not a sinner. You've been saved by grace through the one Jesus Christ. And let's change our focus. Woo! The devil... (laughs) Come on. Listen to this. Man, this came to me and I was like, this changes me now. You ready to hear it? The devil wants us to focus on our past failures because he knows God has something great for our future. Man, the devil wants us to stay focused on how much of a failure we've been. Because if we switch that focus and look unto him, we're going to change this world. I'm telling you. When we go from failure to forgiven, it changes everything. The people we come across, 
We're no longer being robbed. We share with them. We love on them because we understand that we were in the same situation. And all they need is just that change in focus. And once they get it, it's going to change their life, their family's life. There are a lot of men in this world who feel like they're failures and they walk away from their family. Not maybe because they don't love their kids, but sometimes it's because they just feel like they've failed. And they don't know what to do. Did you know that 93% of men who come to church bring their family? Men need to know that they're the backbone of their family, that God's put them in that position. And if they've failed, it's okay. Change your focus from failed to forgiven and get back in the game. Amen? Amen. Women, you're not a failure. You're not a failure. Quit being like Martha running around the house trying to make things work. I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying. Change your focus from failure to forgiven, from from having to make things, which I'm going into this next transition, but I just feel like we need to hear that today. Gosh. Thank you, Lord. The third is this. What we don't have compared to what we do have. Hmm. Are you living your picture of your life of what you don't have? If we aren't careful, we take a picture in our mind of the things that would make us happy if we had it. We live our life like a Black Friday catalog. (laughs) Come Christmas, well, if I get this, if I get this, it's on sale. And if I get this, oh, my kids will be happy with this toy until two weeks later when they break it and find another one. But then, but you know, it's going to change their life. And if we're not careful, we take the camera of our life and we take a picture of all the things that we don't have. But by golly, one day I'm going to get that and it's going to make me happy and then I'll be somebody. And we chase it and we chase it. But what happens when we get it? Oh, there's another special over here. I got to get the new thing. Right? Any iPhone users here? Oh, I got the new iPhone 12. Tomorrow comes out the new iPhone 13. Oh, I got to get it, even though it's just the camera that's changed. (laughs) But I got to get it because it's the new cool thing. And if we focus on our life that if I get the next cool thing or if my family has that, then by God, we'll finally be a happy family. If we take this trip, then we'll all be perfect. No, you'll just have a miserable trip fighting. That goes back to the finding me coming, right? Okay, anyway, moving on. We are so concerned and focused on stuff that we work ourselves to the bone and miss out on living. And things of God become secondary or less if we're not careful. We can get so worried and focused on what we didn't have growing up that we can buy everything to make our kids happy. Because we didn't have it. When all they want is our time. I got sucked into that. You know, there's times where it's just like, I didn't have this, and so I want my kids to know this, and da da da, and you can and you can just play that game forever. And they're just like, you know what? It's like your two-year-old. It's like you buy them this awesome toy, and they're over there playing with the box. Like, why did I spend eighty dollars on that? I should just. Hey, uh, do you have a box I can use? Thank you. We so badly want to be like everyone else that we aren't thankful for what God has made us to be. 
So we, it's not what we don't have. It's what we do have. We can't see the great wife, the great family, the great church, the great friends in front of us. We can't see the Savior of the world sitting in the boat, sleeping, and we're freaking out. It's not about what we don't have. It's about what we do have. We're looking for what everybody else has. We're coveting. And it says in Matthew 6, 31 through 33, it says, don't worry about these things. What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? What kind of phone do will we get? What kind of car do we have? Are we going to be the cool people on this? Whatever it is, it says these things will dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father, everybody say your, your heavenly father already knows you have these needs in your life. So what? Seek the kingdom of God first above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. That's a whole nother message right there, right in the middle. What does it say? It says, seek the Lord right first and he'll give you everything you need. The problem with that verse, and I don't want to go on because I'm, I'm just about out of time here. It says this, seek first the kingdom of God. It says, and all these things will be added to you. But there's one thing in the middle. Jesus is in the middle. Live righteously. We, we, we can't. All right, Jesus, I need this. I need this. No, he's saying seek him first. When we seek him first, he'll be like, hey, these are the things you need. These things, you don't need those things. They're going to corrupt you. They're going to mess you up. And sometimes, this is what I believe, because I, I do believe that God blesses us. Sometimes God's saying, yeah, seek me. And when you live righteously, I'm going to bless the socks off you. Oh. And we're praying these prayers. Oh. I don't know. I don't know if I want to mingle here, but I've done this. So I'm just going to give you something I've get, I've done. Lord, Lord, I just need this in my life. Please bless me. And you know, I want to, I want to have more in my life. And when Lindy and I were younger, you know, we've always tied, but there was times where like, you know, I didn't have a heart to give and the Lord bless me. And he's like, well, are you giving generously out of your heart because you love me? No, it's because Lindy's making me. See, we want what God has, or we want what everybody else has, but we got to be careful that when we want what everybody else has, listen, it comes with the sacrifice, right? The same thing, when we want what God has, God has everything to give us, but we can't just go, give me it, God. We're saying, Lord, I'm going to seek you, and in that, our heart changes. We adjust the focus. He changes how we're asking. He changes what really matters in our lives. And when we do that, he knows our needs. And when we say, Lord, I need this, he knows why. Because our heart's tied to his. We've changed the focus from us to him. Amen? Amen. Which goes, in Matthew 6, 31, 33, the last thing it says what? He will give you everything you need, not everything you want. But in those needs sometimes, it's things we want. Because he's a good, good father. And the last thing that I want to end with is this. And I'm going to change the camera. To focus from us to Jesus. Right? We live in a selfie world. To the place, Matt, Matt Hart, we were joking about this the other night, right? They have buildings. And I know some of you went, so I'm not condemning you. I'm just saying they have places that you pay to go and take selfies. I'm thinking in my mind, 
you know, there's the old uh, 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 DVD store over there, right on, what's it called, uh, Family Video. I'm thinking, let's all put some money in and put a, we'll all get creative and make rooms and people can just go spend money going, hey, look at me. <laughs> we'll, we'll fund the kingdom, right, on selfishness. No, I'm just kidding, I'm kidding, kidding. <laughs> No, but I mean, it is cool. It's fun. Don't get me wrong. It's cool because, you know, you get these cool pictures with people. But we're in a selfie generation where it's all about, I'm going to take 100 pictures till I get the right one. Why? Because it's about. I do it all the time. Look at my Facebook. You'll see me going. How many know I don't preach just to you? When our focus is on ourself, we can't see the bigger picture adjust your focus on jesus and let him photobomb your selfie right put on the jesus filter because why people don't want to keep seeing you all the time because us is not going to change anything but when we change the focus and we put on the jesus filter It changes everything. Because in Galatians 2.20, it says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me, gave himself for me. Do they see Jesus or do they see you? We got to understand that it can't just be take the focus off of us and put it on Jesus. When we come walking out, you know, we shared this with Tina, uh, kind of had a message that was similar, just happened that way on Wednesday night. But we talked about, I said, you know what, it was like the woman who, who broke uh, 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 the perfume and poured it on the uh, Jesus, right? And it's like, can you imagine Jesus leaving that place and everybody around it? Can you imagine taking your perfume, opening it up and pouring it all over yourself and going to Walmart? It's like, I take one step in and say, see you. Woo! Woo! I'm real sensitive to perfumes, that's why. But I'd be, I'd be like, whoa! We would smell Jesus. We should be getting the focus off of us, and we should be so close to Jesus. So, are you following me? So close to Him, that whenever we go into this community or around us, they just, the, the Jesus filter is there. They don't see us anymore. They're like, oh, there's Jesus. There's someone who represents Jesus. That is who We want to be like, I don't need people to be like Drew. I want them to be like Jesus. I hope they see Jesus in me and say, that's what I need. Amen. 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 So what is the solution? There's an old song. Here's the solution. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the Things of this world will grow strangely dim in the what? Light of His glory and grace. So we'll turn our eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And when I did that, all the things of this world grew strangely dim. In the light of His glory. His grace in my life. And He will do the same in your life when you take the picture that you're living your life if it's not adjusted, adjust it today. 
onto Christ. And if you're like me, outside we might look fine, but inside at times we have a storm going on. We want peace and we don't want to drown. And if we aren't careful, we can focus on all those things and forget that Jesus is there with us. We can't get so busy, get so busy that we forget to lay at Jesus' feet. We can live in our past failures and not see what God has for us today. We can't see the forest because of the. So you can adjust your focus today. What you are focusing on can either keep you away from or push you towards your breakthrough, your healing, your promises, your hopeful future. So I'm asking you today to adjust your focus on Jesus. Would you stand with me today? As I close. I want to thank those who are online today that are watching and for those that are here today. But this is a powerful message, not because I'm preaching it. It's a powerful message because it changed my life. I went from broken to healed because I adjusted my focus on Jesus. I turned my eyes upon the author and the finisher of my faith. And maybe you're in a storm today and you're searching for peace, but you have been focusing on the wrong thing. And you're sinking. I want to encourage you to get your eyes off the storm. To get your eyes off yourself. To get your eyes off the circumstances. To get your eyes off what the world says you have to look like as a dad, as a mom, as a family, as an employee. To get your eyes off those things because they're all they're going to do is cause you to fall. And adjust it today. And the Bible, I don't have this, but it's coming to me right now, so thank you, Lord. It's the Bible that says that it's the mirror. And if you want to look at something that's going to change your life, don't look at what the world has to offer. Look into the Word of God. It's a mirror. And we can say, okay, I'm not quite there yet, but I think that God's given me the ability to become more and more like Him. Turn your eyes into Jesus, for He has forgiveness. He has healing. And he has peace. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that it encouraged or inspired you to God's best. If you have any questions about today's message, need prayer, or would like to learn more about Living Word Fellowship, please call 641-828-7119 or visit us at lwfknoxville.com.